Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined alongside by Jordan Climack. Jordan, it's 8.30 Eastern on a Sunday night recording after the Browns just fell to the Chiefs 33-29. to How are you feeling about the game we just watched? So, all right. At first, it was tough, right? It was tough because this is a game the Browns should have won. It was really two key mistakes that cost them this game. And, yeah, it was tough. You know, Henry, you know, we're all sitting there. I was watching with a group of friends. And, you know, it's kind of that depressing feel. It was like, all right, we just lost. But then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm coming back down to reality. Like, it's okay. Look, I, we told everyone not to overreact to a win not to overreact to a loss. Initially, it hurts because you feel like, again, we could have and maybe even should have won this game. And at the end of the day, it ended up being a loss. It's something about Kansas City just can't win those close games, Henry. But it was a good game. Uh, there's a lot to learn from. There's a lot to build on for the Browns. But uh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's, you're, you'll start 0-1, and it hurts because, of course, the Steelers won and, you know, uh, the Bengals won as well. The Ravens are probably well on their way to winning tomorrow. So the Browns might be the only team in the AFC North to not get a win in week one. And that kind of hurts, Henry. But at the end of the day, it's just week one. It's a long season, 17-game season. Ah, we're, we'll move on. We're, we're on, to, on to Houston. <laughs> yeah, I'm somewhat in a similar boat. I don't know. I've been oscillating between – pessimism and optimism and we can yeah. get into why a little bit later but you hinted at it there in my opinion the browns should have won this game this is a game that the browns should have won except for a couple of costly mistakes you know, obviously the fumble from nick chubb the the dropped punt turnover by jamie gillen and then you know the interception by baker mayfield were all pivotal plays that ultimately in a four-point game against another elite team cost the browns so on one hand you're stuck with that feeling where it's like that. This is an opportunity missed, right? I, I think most Browns fans, supporters of the team, would agree that this is an opportunity missed. But at the same time, as you said, you know, the, there's the idea that hey, the Browns were right there. Uh, you think about all the the openers that the Browns have had over the years that have been so deflating for a different reason because the team has looked totally unprepared. Even last season, when the team ended up, of course, being yeah, you know, eleven and five. They got absolutely destroyed in their opener, and that was not the case in this game, right? The the Browns looked like uh, an elite team, and so that gives you know some hope. But they also didn't pull it out against somebody that's going to be their their chief competition in the AFC. So, yeah, I'm somewhere between. But let's let's get into the game a little bit as far as just kind of the 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 game flow uh, and then we'll talk you know offense defense that kind of thing but the browns came out on fire jordan they absolutely uh, you know dominated their first possession and in general were the ones that were on the front foot early in this game so what did you see early on that you think kind of led to the browns success uh, to me, it was just overpowering. I think the all offensive line was dominating the Kansas City defensive front, and that was evident in the run game. And then, of course, the play action. I think all of the a lot of the big, you know, Browns passing plays came off of the play action, which was predicated off of their ability to run the game, uh, run the ball, and do so successfully early and often in that game. There were huge holes. I think about the touchdown run that Chubb had untouched for about 15 yards, Henry. Then I think in the second half, it kind of uh, flipped over and all of a sudden you know the Browns weren't being as dominant offensively but really it just comes down to mistakes uh Henry at the, at the end of the day but early on when we're talking about the Browns and their offense and what they were doing yeah they were like I said it comes down to smash mouth football I just think that they were kicking the Chiefs in the teeth and it didn't sustain that throughout the whole game uh, of course it sucks Jed Wills went down I'm sure we'll get into that later but yeah it was just a lot of the same what I expected to see and you know I talked to a lot of people this week that you know, thought the Browns were going to come out slinging the football, throwing the ball all over the all over the place, trying to get the lead that way, and then kind of use the run game, Henry. But I think it was actually kind of the opposite. It kind of goes against the philosophy of what we saw from Kevin Stefanski last year. But yeah, they were on. They were dominant in the first half of this game, Henry. I mean, the Chiefs could not. The defense could not stop the Browns 
whatsoever. And that two-point conversion, <laughs> that was pretty interesting. A great call by Stefanski as well. But early on, all of this success was uh, it was upfront for me, Henry. That's a great point. And I think it ties a lot into what this team's identity is last year. I thought it was a, mu- a yeah. lot of the same in terms of dominating the line of scrimmage, the run game, building the playoff action off of that. And then the third thing I say is they sprinkle in some creativity as well that, you know, there was a play where they had multiple tight ends spread out wide and then ended up throwing a screen pass to the other side. There was a Jarvis Landry, you know, fourth and one touchdown play that that was creative, uh, a pass where Baker Mayfield rode to the left and threw it back across to Anthony Schwartz. So all of that mixing in with exactly what you said, it's interesting, though, that you, that you said it, that you didn't think the Browns continued that throughout the game. I thought the offensive line dominated the whole game. I mean, Chubb obviously fumbled on that one drive, but the run game, I thought, was, was still intact on that drive. I thought the drive after the Chubb fumble, the, the offensive line w- was pretty good, too. To me, the aggression and uh, the smash mouth football was there all the way around. It was just, as you said at, at the end there, the mistakes ultimately that killed the drives more so than, than anything that the Chiefs did to stop the Browns. Yeah, I just think, I, I mean, more in terms of like, uh, I think that Chiefs pass rush was getting home a little bit more in the second half. Baker took a couple of hits and a couple of sacks as well. That's just what I mean more by like, you know, it wasn't as, I, they were definitely dominant. And if we're just strictly talking about the run game, they were dominant throughout that entire game, Henry. And to lose a left tackle in Jedrick Willis, which I don't know what it is. I guess he just has some bad luck in Kansas City. But to lose him and not lose much with Chris Hubbard until that second half where Baker did take a couple more hits. That's really all. But the offensive line, for the most part, was dominant throughout the entire game. Like we said, it just comes down to the mistakes. But, yeah, it stings for sure. Of the mistakes or, or of the game in yeah. general, was there a, a particular one that you would point to and say, hey, that's where the game changed. That's where things really shifted out of the Browns' favor into the Chiefs' favor. It had to – well, I mean, the obvious one is the punt, but I, I think that even if you punt that ball, Henry, let's just be realistic. Odds of odds are you probably weren't stopping Patrick Mahomes at that point. That Chiefs' offense was in such a rhythm, and they had guys in space – Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey doing what they do every single day. Um, and they were out in space. So to say that the Browns were going to get that stop, it, it, it's hard for us to say, obviously the huge critical we'll see here, maybe even like a type of mistake where you have to evaluate that position going forward with Jamie Gillen. Uh, we'll see how that comes out. But to me, it's gotta be the Chubb fumble. Um, uncharacteristic, definitely unlucky. Got a helmet on the ball, Henry, but, you know, they had momentum. I mean, Chubb with what he had, like 20, almost 20, 25 yards, something like that, and back-to-back carries before that, right out of the half, and you're like, all right, the Browns are just going to keep running the ball. They're just going to keep running the ball down their throat, and then the fumble happens. And like, ah! So, yeah, to me, I, I point to the fumble as the one that kind of really changed the pace of this game and, and was really the game-changing play in this game, in my opinion. Fumble, as you said, uncharacteristic, perhaps a little bit unlucky. You could see how upset Chubb was, and he said just as much in the postgame presser that that he made the biggest mistake of the game, clearly uh, taking the blame over perhaps uh, Jamie Gillen for his drop. What was the – Henry, what was the score at that point? Do you remember – I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think the Browns were driving to go up. Would it have been nine at that point? Yeah, when Chubb fumbled, it was 22-17, 22-17. Right, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and to me, the reason I would say the Chubb fumble wasn't it, it and, and this is hindsight, obviously, is that the, the Browns were able to, to bounce back from that and go up 29-20. That being said, there was actually a point earlier in the game, Jordan, where I actually was my most pessimistic, and it was not a specific play. The tension is going to be on the the Browns' mistakes, but to me, the the time where I was realized I was concerned was that first drive of the second half from the Chiefs. They went 14 plays, they went 75 yards out of the second half, and then brought the game within one score. And it was at that point I wrote down in my notes as I was watching the game that the Browns had a whole half to adjust, and they have no answers to this offense. So. They better hope they can score on every possession. And it turned out that they were not able to score on every possession. A couple turnovers went against them, and then they found themselves in a hole. So that was the point where I, w- I thought the Browns could potentially be in trouble. 
they had to play a perfect game on offense in, in order to avoid that. And, and frankly, they did for a large portion of this game. But then at the end, they just weren't able to execute in, in that same fashion. Especially on that last drive, Jordan, they were not able to execute. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny on what happened there on that last drive, too. To start, I think we have to talk about Baker Mayfield's interception on, on that last play. Do you think Baker was trying to throw that ball away, or yeah. do you think he was trying to throw that ball to Hooper? No, I think he was definitely trying to throw that ball away, and you could tell he got his footing got caught up. I, I, he was tripped up there, and he kind of lost balance. And just you know, and losing balance and trying to throw at the same time, Henry, I just don't think he had enough arm strength to get it all the way there. So I think. It wasn't anything of like an egregious dagger trying to do too much. It's, it was evident to me that he was trying to throw the ball in. He just kind of didn't have enough to get it there and it ended up being a back-breaking interception, Henry. But I don't blame Baker for that on trying to do too much. It was just kind of an unfortunate situation of, look, you tried to do the right thing and it kind of was just circumstantial. You weren't able to get the ball out of bounds. I don't think he probably saw the second defender behind I think it was Jarvis out there and someone for Kansas City. I don't know if he saw that guy, but again, I think he was definitely trying to throw the ball away. Did you come out the same way on that? I'm 100% with you. I thought he was trying to throw the ball away. It's been the, the reason I ask you that question is just a lot of the, the Twitter conversation right now is killing me in terms of the bad yeah. decision on that. I thought he was trying to throw the ball away and, and just, as you said, got tripped up right as he was trying to do it. I'm not sure what the angle would have been to throw that ball to Hooper. If he was trying to throw that ball, I think it was a a mistake, but I don't think that's the case. And so that's, I've seen that part has uh, irked me a little bit, but that being said, Jordan, there has also been uh, some discussion as a follow-up to that, that some Browns fans and just in general, people that are doubting the Browns as a Super Bowl contender are of the mindset that, hey, last drive of the game, there are just other quarterbacks that you want ahead of Baker Mayfield. And that's ultimately a limitation of this team against the very best. How did you feel going to that last drive with Baker at the helm? And are you even slightly concerned about his ability in the last two minutes to get the job done versus some of the other quarterbacks in the league? No, I'm not concerned about that whatsoever. I love his poise. I love his determination. Everything he brings to the game of something that you want of a guy where it's like, hey, look, man, go win us this game. I trust him to do that without question, Henry. I, it's just it's it's frustrating to see because he has, like you said, those doubters where, you know, exactly they're going to point, you know, on the get ups and the first takes and all that. They're going to point to that interception at the end without having the full context of how it happened. But I look at this game as a whole and. And in that last drive, Baker was making some throws on that last drive, but he made some throws all day. I think about that double pump to Njoku that he had. Like, he was crisp today, Henry. He was, again, that showed me, like, he is here. He can hang with Patrick Mahomes. He can hang with the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, he didn't get it done at the end of the day, but I'm not blaming this loss on him whatsoever. He showed me, again, that he can play with these guys, Henry. And that's really all I looked for. We talked about not overreacting to this. And I'm not going to do that. I think Baker Mayfield had himself a hell of a game, and I still trust him with his ball in the hands. And when you can say, hey, go win us the game, he's going to do it a handful of times this year. Didn't work out this week. So be it. We move on to the next week. I also am, for the most part, with you. I trust Baker Mayfield. I thought he played fantastic today, and we can get into that a little bit more later. I trust him in the same way that I trust a lot of the quarterbacks uh, in uh, you know that kind of five to ten range, I will say something that hurts Baker Mayfield, and I do think is ultimately a limitation of his in two minute situations is he's just not the most mobile guy, and that does hurt when it comes to the pressure because you see Mahomes bail out his team when they make mistakes sometimes, especially the offensive line, and Mahomes did it throughout the entire game, but he has a knack for doing that in the last two minutes. You see that from Russell Wilson. You see that from Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes the guys that are really the top five level guys. And I do think that's a limitation that that Baker has is he's just he's not a very quick guy. So when teams send pressure late, when those kind of plays happen in, you know, it's easy to say live for another day. But at some point you you can't live for another day. You do have to press the issue a little bit and you can't really take that sack. And I do think that is one area where where Baker worries me compared to some of them. Other than that, I don't, I mean, 
I think Baker has the talent to lead the Browns, and today actually made me more confident in that in general. I wouldn't say he's at the top of my list in terms of guys I'd have in the last two minutes, but I think he's kind of right in line with my expectations for him as a quarterback overall. Yeah, I mean, what has he done? I mean, I, the interception, again, we just talked about, like, hey, look, he was trying to do the right thing. It didn't happen. So be it. But, like, yeah, Henry, I think you have to trust him. He's the, he's done it before. He's going to do it in, 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 you know, games to come. Like I said, he's going to do it this season. I, I think we just have to trust him, look at the game as a whole, not look at it as that last drive of the game and what happened, and kind of just say to yourself, like, hey, is this a guy that you can trust going down the line against these opponents? And I think time in and time I got – and he, he, he's proven that, Henry. So, I, again, he's the guy going forward. you got to accept it. Look, people need to chill out. And you, you talked about it as well. Like, some of the stuff I've seen on Twitter, of the overreaction, I, I was seeing fire Joe Woods tweets when I was like, this was going to be a high-scoring game regardless. And people are, fire Joe Woods. Baker isn't the guy. Oh, it's a good thing the Browns didn't give him a contract because this is what we get. Like, where does this come from, Henry? It's like, yeah, or am I dealing with Browns fans? I do with Ohio State fans. Like, what is going on? Uh, like, are we one year of success? We see too much, and all of a sudden, the expectations are through the roof. It was one week against a really good football team. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's talk about that defense a little bit more because I, yeah. I actually think that was a little bit more of the storyline of the game because the Browns lost. Uh, then it would be if the Browns had won. I think it was a little bit more of the focal point rather than the offense. So I've seen a lot about the secondary and some of the complaints there, Jordan. What did you make overall of the defensive performance today? What went wrong for the Browns? Because they really didn't stop the Chiefs a whole lot. Well, it's tough to tell. Uh, Let me start with what went right. And something that I was really impressed with, Henry, um, do you agree Malik McDowell, like, as advertised, right? I mean, literally the first snap of the game, like, there is Malik McDowell. He's there. He's making plays. I thought he was spectacular today. I thought Malik Jackson actually had a pretty good game. I thought the defensive line had a pretty good game for the most part. Um, yeah, they only had the, you know, the two sacks. Uh, you know, we saw the potential of the Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney, what they can do on that one where they both get home on Mahomes at the same time. I think Joe Jackson, interestingly enough, had – the first sack of the year for the Browns, which is going to be a great trivia question down the line at some point. But yeah, I mean, I wanted to start with the good there, Henry, but the bad here, here's the thing. I, I had a, this is a question. I want to ask you this is like watching this game today. I had the same thought of like, is there is something schematically the Browns are doing that they're just getting torched with what seemingly every single time the chiefs called hike. It was Travis Kelsey was wide open in, in open space or Tyreek Hill was wide open in open space. Like, I wonder if there's anything that we can do schematically or, or if it really is just kind of one of the things where like, Hey, this team is that good. These players are that good. There's not much you can do about it because today I kind of started to get that feel of the ladder of like, look, it's going to happen. If, if you put the attention on, on Hill and Kelsey is going to be wide open. And if you put the attention on Kelsey and Hill is going to be wide open, like where do you come out on that? Because I struggled with that today of thinking like, is there anything that we can do to help ourselves in this situation? I, I thought the Ronnie Harrison going down didn't help early in that game, obviously, but Henry, I just, I think it's a combination of, yeah, maybe the schemes were off, but at the same time, like this is just a really damn good football team, some damn good players. And it's hard to stop them. I am of the belief that the schemes were not the problem. I've seen some of the same conversations with Joe Woods. I don't get it personally. I don't think Joe Woods did anything in this game that, that other teams haven't uh, adopted against the Chiefs. It's 
pretty much a lose-lose situation. It, in general, if you play man against the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are problems. You, you can't match up with them with one guy. And, and also, on top of that, you run into the problems of Mahomes' mobility, where it's a lot harder to cover the quarterback and his ability to run at that point, too, when you're in man-to-man. So that you got that on one side. If you play zone, you see a lot of what the Browns saw today which is Kelsey, you know, sitting down in the holes of the zone defense, Tyree Kill sitting down in the holes of the zone defense, and the, the Chiefs kind of nickeling and diming you down the field. So it's a loose-loose situation overall. If somebody had figured out how to stop the Chiefs, they would have done it. The, the key is to try to disrupt the timing of that, which Mahomes, which I am in agreement with you. I thought the defensive line was great. I tweeted about Malik McDowell. Massive, massive kudos to the Browns coaching staff for just saying, hey, he's better than Billings. Let's put him in there right yeah. away. We're not going to waste any time with this. Ultimately, my takeaway from this game was the Browns linebackers just weren't good enough. I, I keep seeing all this stuff about the secondary, and I get it. Tyree Kill had 179 yards. I think a bunch came on that long play against John Johnson the third, which, frankly, I thought John Johnson the third didn't really do anything wrong there. It was just kind of a fluke play where he got turned around and it yeah. actually wasn't a great throw from Mahomes, but it was in the right spot that it actually really messed up. John Johnson, but that aside, I thought the linebackers got exposed today. They were just too slow. They they could not close the gap to, uh, to Kelsey. They too often were late to react when it was their assignment. It was Mal- it was Mac Wilson. Then it was Malcolm Smith. Time and time again, I felt like our linebackers were absolutely exposed in space. And so, to me, that was the biggest takeaway: is not sk- scheme. Sometimes it just comes down to the players. Uh, they got to execute better and our linebackers just weren't very good. So here's the thing, Henry, if that's the case, do you think that JOK more, you know, seeing more of him and using him more in, in coverage, they would have made a difference because look, if you're looking at a couple of those kickoffs, like he was the fastest guy down the field on on a couple of those kickoffs. He was the first guy to make contact on a couple of those kickoff returns. I thought he had a great day on special teams. So do you think his, like, cause I, I, I feel like I, I didn't see him a lot out there. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I haven't looked at the snap percentages or anything like that, but like, do you think that maybe using him in, in space could have, it could have changed the game at all? Again, I just don't know if it's one of those things where like, yeah, you could try this, you could try that end of the day. The chiefs are probably still going to do, do what they do best. And that's get Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill the ball in open space. The thing is, like, I, I just feel like I'd so many times, and, and you know, I, I have to go back and, and watch this game again. You know, I just kind of only got that first view. Like, I, I was in a crowded room of people trying to watch the game. But it seemed to me like I saw Malcolm Smith and Travis Kelsey tied up a lot. And I was like, what? Like, what do we, what do you expect? <laughs> do you expect Malcolm Smith to win that matchup? No, that's going to, Travis Kelsey going to win that matchup 10 times out of 10. So I don't know if it was just me reading too much into maybe one or two plays where Malcolm Smith got matched up with Kelsey and it was a nightmare matchup, or if it was just like, you know, I, maybe JOK was in there more than I thought and I just kind of missed it. Uh, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I thought it, the Browns started in a lot of base defense and then ended up with the five DBs on the field more and more as the game went along. And I thought when they had five DBs, a lot of times it was Walker and JOK together. Now, I'm in the same boat as you. I'll be interested to see kind of the total snap count. The problem that the Browns ran into and why I think you, you might also be thinking this is when the Chiefs get near the goal line, the Browns also went yeah. back to putting three linebackers on the field very often because you're worried about them just running the ball into the end zone, as many teams do. And when the Browns did that, the Chiefs made the simple adjustment of, hey, oh, you're going to put three linebackers on the field? Cool. We're going to run Kelsey at at you in space immediately. And so they they did that a couple times uh, and got Kelsey matched up uh, in situations they liked. So I, I hear that criticism of Joe Woods, that, that he started out in base and that was no good. And I think the other criticism that you could make is he played the wrong players at first. I'm, Mac Wilson should not have been the starter today, Jordan. I, I heard all of the offseason hype. And it was a disaster in that first quarter. There were a, a couple of missed tackles. He was totally lost on a couple of plays. He cannot be on the. He cannot be the starter going forward. And as much as I have to give them credit for choosing Malik McDowell, I just thought they chose wrong in Mac Wilson. I don't understand why he was the starter in this game. I thought he looked exactly like he looked last year, and that was that he didn't belong on the field in this game. 
So do you believe if Mac Wilson wasn't in there, if it was someone else, that this would have given the Browns a better chance of winning this game? I just don't know if at the end of the day it would have made that a monumental difference that we would have been looking at a different score in the end. Or different outcome, I should say. Maybe not in September, but I think they need JOK yeah. to be that guy yeah. in December or January. And I think he will be that guy, Henry. I, I think we, we talked about it, right? Like, we were talking about it in the offseason. Like, hey, maybe not by week one, two, three, maybe even four. But as the season goes on, it's going to become one of those things where, you know, obviously JOK's play is going to be like, okay, now you're going to put him in over Mac Wilson. But I know you can come back with a counterpoint of like, hey, it's kind of your job to see that before it becomes too obvious. So it's definitely an interesting conundrum and it'll definitely be something the Browns have to consider moving forward for sure and I do think this this defense is still going to be a lot better again this is the Chiefs talking about this is a team they're fully healthy with a revamped offensive line they're the best offense in football and the 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 Browns are not going to play teams that are able to expose them in the same way like this week in and week out they're going to play teams where their defensive line can have more impact where their secondary can match up in one-on-one coverage this just wasn't that matchup. And there were already, there were a couple of individual plays where it was just like, okay, this is a different defense than it was last year. A couple of plays that jump off to me immediately, Henry. Was, there's a throw where Patrick Mahomes is throwing into the end zone and John Johnson just makes an absolutely incredible play, dives in front of the ball, deflects it. Chiefs don't end up getting, I believe that might have even been on the first drive. Chiefs had to settle for three. Um, that's a play that we don't have a safety last year on the roster that's making that play. So that's different in itself. I, I think actually John Johnson had some cramps and was out for that first start of that second half, and that actually kind of affected the Browns' defense in itself. And the other play I look at where it's like, okay, this is just different, was that third down late in the game where we're sitting there saying, you need to stop, you need to stop. Like, I'm looking around the room, looking at friends, like, we need a sack here is what we need. Where's Miles Garrett? Where's Jadavion Clowney? We need those guys to show up, and they show up right then and there. They get that kind of sandwich sack of Mahomes. So those two plays stood out to me where it's like, okay, maybe the end result wasn't what we wanted. Maybe there were some lapses defensively, but at the end of the day, we showed we saw signs where it was like, okay, this is going to be a lot more, a lot different defense than it was last year. And there's a lot more talent on this defense than there was last year. I'm right there with you. I thought that uh, I again I saw some people criticizing Miles Garrett's performance today. I didn't really get that, to be honest. He got double teamed a ton, first of all. And then on top of that, there were a lot of times where he and Clowney both won their matchups, yeah. and Patrick Mahomes did the thing that he's, he does better than every quarterback in the NFL. He just bailed. He ran out. Exactly. Like, and, and, and exactly. So they didn't get a sack in the same way, but it was like they were winning their matchup. They just d- didn't get sacks uh, at the end of the day. And Henry, that's such a, I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like they literally did win their matchup. They, there were some times where they won their matchups so like dominated that matchup so good that like they, and, and they got too deep into the backfield. And Mahomes is so good. You mentioned I mean, probably the best in the NFL, just stepping up a little bit, going either to the right or to the left, creating that space. And then that's when the Chiefs are at their best because that's when the routes, the coverage breaks down. You get Tyree Kill, who's faster than everyone else, kind of running his own route, creating his own play. The improv, uh, the, you know, the improv that that Chiefs offense has, that's when it happens. But yeah. I no reason to can uh, you know I'm sure Miles probably wasn't happy with his stats at the end of the day or he probably is gonna think he could have played better but at the end of the day I thought they played fine Henry it just goes back to the same thing I'm gonna say a lot you played a damn good football team today like it's okay those things are going to happen against good football teams we have 16 games to correct it. I again uh, I'm gonna agree with you in terms of Garrett's performance I, I i didn't i didn't see the reason for criticism i really didn't he came up with a big sack when it did matter but i thought he was in the backfield for most of the day i will say one person i will be critical of is ronnie harrison i i saw yeah. some browns fans trying to defend this but i'm sorry i just don't get it like that was absolutely a play where he should have been ejected and i i a, correct me if you, if you saw it differently, but to me, that was a huge mistake. It was early in the game, so not a lot of people focused on it, but the Browns didn't have anybody behind him. They moved no, MJ yeah. Stewart to safety because they didn't want to put Richard LeCount in there, a rookie, sit, you know, a draft pick who all of a sudden, you know, playing against the Chiefs with no Grant Delpit back there either because he was out. He was inactive today, and that was just a, a mistake that the, the Browns you know, all those things add up when, when you're playing the Chiefs. Yeah. And that was the first one. I just, I have no idea what was going through Ronnie Harris's yeah, head. You, you can't be the team like the Chiefs and you got to play a damn near perfect game and you, you can't have the mental blows like that. 
And here's what I'll say. He, Ronnie Harrison was absolutely in the wrong. And Henry, I even went and I even said earlier in the in, in the podcast that like, hey, when he went out, that changed how we were operating on the back end of that defense. But when I'm looking at the play, yeah, he definitely deserved to be ejected, right? I mean, it was obvious that he's going to be ejected. I think the refs got it wrong a little bit, you know, right off the bat. But at the end of the day, Henry, here here's my only thing with that. Like, look, you're, if you're going to throw a flag on the Chiefs bench and the Brown and Ronnie Harrison for the same thing, like, like if you're going to eject Ronnie Harrison, eject the coach that made the first push. Like, that's my only thing with that. Like, why is a coach able to put his hands on the player and then the player retaliates, puts his hands back on the coach, and the player gets thrown out and the coach gets to keep going wrong? Like, what? That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't add up. Yeah, it was a bonehead play. Ronnie Harrison should have done it, but I think that is. At the end of the day, if you're going to throw out Ronnie Harrison, like how does that coach not get thrown out as well? Maybe the coach should have been thrown out too. I, I, yeah, I guess and that said it would have even mattered. Yeah, I but I was, so, you know, that's what I was just about <laughs> to say is Ronnie Harrison, it's like uh, in many situations, sure, and maybe the coach should have been thrown out too, but the impact of, of Ronnie Harrison being out is, is more meaningful anyway. And so that's where you have to have a, a head on your shoulders and understand that hey, this is going to have a massive impact of the team. And I think Ronnie Harrison wasn't totally wrong in the sense that the coach, I think, was trying to get involved because he thought Ronnie Harrison was trying to, I don't know, step on his player or something like that. And I think Ronnie Harrison was trying to step over him and all of that. So maybe Ronnie Harrison wasn't 100% in the wrong in the individual action that, that caused the coach to push him. But where he was wrong was, was the I was retaliating and and facing the yeah. consequences of that retaliation because that had a way way bigger impact than whatever would have happened with the Chiefs coach so that's the the problem and why it was such a big deal and why it was such a, a you know a boneheaded move frankly is because he got ejected and he, he can't come back from that so yeah. it wasn't even a 15 yard penalty so that's that's the issue is it was just, it was something where it's an automatic easy ejection. Here's the other thing too. Wasn't the didn't Jedrick Wills injury in that Ronnie Harrison in uh situation happen like almost not back to back but like pretty close to one another. Like it hard to overcome both of those things and go on and beat a team like the Chiefs and the Browns had a chance to do it at the end of the day. That's true. They were on back-to-back drives, uh, yeah. but it, I don't know. It, it, the, the injury side of things happened. That the yeah, Ronnie exactly. Harrison thing right. to me was uh, it, it was not necessary. But yeah, let's let's turn to the offensive side of the football and what happened there. You, you mentioned Jed Wills, and we'll get to him in a bit. But just on the whole, what did you think of the Browns' offensive performance today, Jordan? I think the Browns offense was as advertised. I, I think it was dominant as we thought it was going to be. I think that, it, like, look, Henry, we did so many of these podcasts where we just talked about the defense and who was going to be starting here, what they were going to be doing there. The offense, we knew what they were going to do. They're going to run the ball with Kareem Hunt. They're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb. They're going to use play action. It was exactly what I saw. The one thing that stood, stood out to me, Henry, was just like, look, this this offense that we saw from the Browns, the efficiency that they moved the ball with, that doesn't happen early on in the year last year. They're still learning the schemes of Kevin Stefanski's system. They're not totally comfortable in the system. Baker Mayfield is not totally comfortable in the system. Today, Baker showed that he is 100% comfortable in that system. And Kevin Stefanski showed that he's going to call a damn good game. He's going to call a damn good game to the strengths of Baker, to the strengths of this team. That's what I saw. Again, it wasn't enough to get the job done at the end of the day. You're not going to be able to overcome the mistakes that you can. I think Stefanski called an incredible game. His creativity continues to amaze me. Baker showed that he's comfortable in this offense. I just think that this whole team is so comfortable. They know who they are, Henry. Again, they didn't get the win, but you know who you are. You're going to move forward. You're going to build off of this, and you're going to keep getting better and keep getting more comfortable. But the Browns showed a level level of comfortability in this offense, Henry, that we haven't seen week one as long as I can remember. Really, that's 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 my main takeaway. Again, I the mistakes, the fumble, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, this offense moved the ball with the efficiency, and it looked pretty impressive for a lot of the game, Henry. It looked fantastic. And it, I'll put up the, the caution flag first, but then I will continue to praise the Browns. The Chiefs, look, they were missing three out of their best four defensive players, right? Tyron Matthew, they were missing uh, Frank Clark, they were missing uh, Willie Gay in the linebacking quarter. That being said the Browns did exactly what they should have done against a limited Chiefs 
defense that's not that good. It looked like the Browns should have scored on every single drive. I thought Baker Mayfield was fantastic. I thought his accuracy was tremendous throughout the game. I thought he had several throws, one up the sideline to Njoku. I thought a couple of the throws to Schwartz were tremendously accurate. The, the deep ball in particular that Schwartz almost dropped, I thought was great. And then I, I thought he was decisive too. He went through his reads quickly. He got to his second read, his third read. When they blitzed, he got the ball out. So I thought Baker Mayfield on the whole played a fantastic, fantastic game. I'm I'm right there with you. The other thing I would say is the Browns offense was well-rounded. A lot of different guys were weapons for this team today, even without Odell Beckham. And so I thought that was the yeah. other piece of it that was really exciting. Uh, Henry, here's another thing that we have to talk, uh, talk about with his offense real quick, and that is uh, Anthony Schwartz. Uh, you touched on him for a second. Are, are you ready to buy in on Anthony Schwartz stock yet, Henry? Because I know you were skeptical of the draft pick. And look, it was a really interesting situation because we didn't see him on camp. He barely practiced. He was hurt all throughout camp. But look, in the, uh, Anthony Schwartz was winning one-on-one -on -one matchups consistently. He showed his speed. He showed what he's going to be able to do within this offense. I was impressed by Schwartz, and he's going to add another level of dimension to this offense that we haven't seen, especially when Odell is back, that speed that you're going to be able to put out there. So, Henry, I have to ask you, what did you think of the Anthony Schwartz performance today? Oh, he was great. I, 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 I was a skeptic. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm ready to backpedal that take a little bit. Um, I thought that his impact you know, was going to be 10 to 15 plays a game in particular. He's going to be able to stretch the field horizontally, and you definitely saw that with a couple of the plays that they were able to get him on the edge where he really uses that speed and did that so well in college. What I was skeptical of was, was he going to be able to be a down the field threat? And today he looked great. Now he almost yeah. dropped that pass from Baker Mayfield down Still the field, <laughs> but uh, he didn't, he caught it and he caught another deep pass from Mayfield as well. And so if that continues, I will, will change my tune for sure. I thought in, in college, you know, he had some problems tracking the ball down the field. I didn't think he was that great uh, catching the ball in traffic. But as you pointed out, and as I will readily admit, that was not the case today. He was great today. He was, and they needed him to be without Odell Beckham Jr. I thought the other person that I've been skeptical of at times who was also great was David Njoku. I thought he was fantastic today yeah. too. And both those guys stepped up. And when those guys are rolling, along with Landry, along with Donovan Peoples-Jones, the, and, and the running backs, uh, of course, it's, it's just hard. It's a, it's a pick your poison for the defenses. The Browns, you know, ba basically went up and down, up and down the field. The only thing that I thought stopped them was themselves more so th than anything else. And again, Chiefs, a limited defense, but the Browns, Exposed a limited defense. They're going to play better defenses, uh, you know, in the Steelers, the Ravens, all of that. But they did exactly what they should have uh, against one of the league's worst defenses. I got a question. Uh, and Joku actually led the runs and receiving today three catches, 76 yards. Jarvis with five for 71. Anthony Shorts with three for 69. Those were kind of, that's kind of where your passing offense came from, Henry. Uh, what did you think of kind of just the, I think it was just one target, one catch for DPJ? I thought right when I saw OBJ went down, I thought DPJ, you know, he obviously moved in that starting role. I thought he was maybe poised for a big day. Didn't happen, Henry. Did you make anything out of that? I didn't just because I don't think he had the best matchups, really. Number one, yeah. I don't think it's what the Browns want to do anyway. If you're looking at where he ranks in terms of the pecking order uh, of these weapons, I just he's not at, at the top, he, as good as he is. And we've talked about that on the show before, uh, that – you know, he really may be setting himself up for a breakout season next year when Odell Beckham is potentially off the team just because there's so many other guys that, that are involved in this offense. But again, I didn't think it was anything he did. I just thought the Browns had better matchups uh, across the field. Uh, the, the Chiefs were banged up in certain positions. And so I thought the Browns looked to take advantage of those guys. You know, without Matthew, they, they went tight ends at the safety and linebacker spots a lot, which is already what they like to do. So, yeah, I... Didn't think it was anything to do with him. It's just that the Browns have a lot of guys and they wanted to spread the ball around and take advantage of the best matchups that they had on the field. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, neither we can both sit here and say like, look, we're pretty confident that the Browns are going to be pretty spectacular on offense throughout the year, Henry. And like I said, to have this level of comfortability in week one, like it's only going to get better from here on out. And at the end of the day, you probably played a good enough game to be almost any other team in the NFL today, Henry. And, 
that's enough for me, right? Like I, I, I loved what I saw from the offense. There's some things to work on for the defense, but the offense looks like it's in almost midseason form, Henry, and then they're kind of ready to take off. And it's good. We're going to see some pretty impressive things from, um, you know, a Nick Chubb, a Baker, uh, a Kareem Hunt, Jarvis, those guys this year. I think so too. I'm not worried about the Browns offense at all. At all, I thought they delivered exactly what they should have. Uh, uh, again, against a, a limited Chiefs squad, but. Jordan, as we as we wrap up with the pod, let's turn a little bit big picture and start with that that Browns offense and the one injury that, that came out of today's game that was pretty significant, and that's Jed Wills. He hurt yeah. his ankle on that Jarvis Landry touchdown, and it looked like he got rolled up on. He was carted off the field. How do you think that impacts the the Browns going forward here? Well, it's certainly not good, and I feel bad for Jed because, man, like I said, he just gets unlucky in Kansas City. Apparently, back to Look, his season ended in Kansas City last year, and it starts off with an injury this year. Luckily, the Browns have some depth, right? Like, I, I think that Chris Hubbard is one of the better uh, tackle replacements in the, the NFL, and I trust Bill Callahan and his schemes and the way he's able to get players ready. I think the Browns will be able to patch things together for at least a couple of weeks if they have to with Jed. I was certainly happy to see it wasn't a knee and wasn't an ankle, but we know that sometimes those ankle sprains can be tricky and can be almost more complicated than a knee or a break of some sort. If it's one of those fractures or there's high sprained ankles, those can kind of be tricky for offensive linemen. So we'll see how it moves going or how it uh, plays out moving forward, Henry. I don't think that it'll cost them next week against the Texans per se. I think Chris Hubbard could slide in there and you can be confident that he'll be able to protect Baker. That's how I feel in terms of the offensive linemen, I think it's fair to say that, that Jed Wills is the worst of the five. And, and that's not yeah, really and that, a, and that's not saying, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> and I shot at him. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. And that's not necessarily an indictment of him, but it's just the Browns have uh, four guys that are arguably all pros at the other positions. And, and Chad Wills, I don't think, is at that level yet. Now, it's a, a, a problem, I would say, in terms of your – I think Chad Wills needs to take a step forward here if he's going to be the long-term left tackle over time, and I think he probably will. But if it is you know something more serious where he's hampered, it does you know hurt that he's not going to get – as many reps in this season. But as far as the on-the-field product, Chris Hubbard, as you mentioned, is a really solid replacement. The Browns have four guys at the other positions that are going to be really solid too, so you can kind of help protect uh, you know, your, your left tackle and help you know, with chips, with all that kind of stuff. That's an easier position on the offensive line to support too. So not the end of the world for me, but if you start getting cluster injuries on the offensive line, that's where – it becomes a problem because that is the strength of the Browns team. But for now, I'm not going to be too worried uh, about that injury in particular. Jordan, something that that I think more Browns fans will be concerned about is the Chiefs and how the Browns stack up against them in general. So how did this game make you feel uh, or did it change at all your feelings about a potential matchup with the Chiefs down the line in, in January? It didn't. I mean, it's just re, to me, it just reassured the fact, Henry, that the Browns can hang with the Chiefs, that they're here to play with the best teams in the NFL. Like, look, how many times can we say, like, today, Henry, Henry it felt like, a, like, to you, did this feel like a playoff game to you? Because to me, this didn't seem like a regular season. It felt like we ended with a playoffs last year and picked back up with the playoffs this year year and and for the Browns to be playing in those type of games and to be hanging around they should have won this game I think I can sit here and say they should have if they don't have those two massive mistakes we're probably sitting here doing a different type of podcast right now Henry so I absolutely believe that the Browns can hang with the Chiefs that they can beat them they need to get over that hump though like it's difficult it's one of those things where if these things keep adding up like hey was one play in that game one play in that game but at the end of the day you took L's in both of them Henry the Browns definitely can hang with the Chiefs they can definitely beat them but it's going to be a little skeptical until they prove that they can. And uh, they'll probably, if they see them again, it'll be down the road in the playoffs. Hopefully not in Arrowhead because they we have some trouble in Arrowhead, evidently, Henry. But to me, it, it didn't do much to tell me that yeah, the Chiefs are. I don't. I didn't come away from this thinking that the Chiefs were, were light years better than the Browns. I came away from this thinking, look, the Chiefs are, in, are probably the best team in football. And you had a chance to beat the best team in football today. That's how I'm walking away from this game, Henry. It's tough, and this is why I think I'm oscillating between pessimistic and optimistic, is because on one hand, you have the fact that the Browns looked great. They were right there with the Chiefs. 
Baker Mayfield looked great. Kevin Stefanski helped, you know, matched up perfectly w- with Andy Reid. And that being said, I think the pessimistic part in me says, okay, the Browns were right there, but they're kind of not – they're not equals with the Chiefs either. And that's – I don't think I expected that coming into the game, but – after the first half, there was part of me that, that started to get that feeling, right? And you said it. it, was, it the, the playoff atmosphere, it felt like, hey, the Browns are kind of taking it to the Chiefs in, in this playoff atmosphere. But they weren't able to get it done. The Chiefs were missing three out of their four best defensive players. And ultimately, the Browns were fully healthy and had no answers for the Chiefs' offense. And so, yeah. I think the Browns are legit in terms of they're going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. I already thought that. On the flip side, I already thought the Browns were a step below the Chiefs, and I come out of this game thinking the Browns are a step below the Chiefs. And that is, it's not deflating, but there is definitely a little part of me that was hoping, hey, maybe the Browns will actually show that the difference in the roster is enough to make up the difference between Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. And it it really wasn't, even though the, the Chiefs roster yeah. was even worse than it usually is. So, so here's the thing, Henry. Here's here's why you can find solace in that. Just look back to last year, right? Look how bad it was on week one last year. And look how much that team grew throughout the rest of this season. To be able to ha- be in a game with the Chiefs where you could have won and look at it as week one and say, like, hey, we hung with the best team in football, could have won the game. But look, we have 16 more games to correct the things that we need to get better at keep growing and i just think that the potential what the team this team showed me today showed me that their potential what they can max their potential out at is possibly a super bowl caliber team if they're able to get grow comfortably in that defense particular defense the offense fine look we don't need to talk about the offense really that defense can grow comfortable in the schemes find out who they are because that offense has an identity i don't know if that defense has an identity yet henry they're able to find an identity going forward and put it all together down the line of the season, I think that, you know, the Browns are going to be right there at the end of the day with a chance to, to play the Chiefs and beat them again. We'll see if it happens. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get why you can look at it and be like, hey, look, the Browns are probably a step below the Chiefs, as you said, and they lost to them again, so they remain probably a step below them, Henry. I get how it can be hard for you to look at it and be like, did they really close the gap? I don't know. But I'm looking at it from strictly a Browns standpoint of what they did and how they can get better. Yeah, and I don't want to be too pessimistic because the, this Browns team is great, and I do want to enjoy that part. It's just at the end of the day, one team goes to the Super Bowl, right? And so yeah. you have to be the best team in, in order to win the whole thing. And the Browns haven't even been at where where they are now. So as I said, I don't want to rain on the parade too much because they were right there. They were trading body blows with somebody. And so I'll, I'll end my, uh, you know, the – the podcast and my takes on the game on, on this opti- more optimistic note, which is, boy, do I want to play them again. That was fun. Yeah. And maybe it will have to be an upset. The Browns are a step below the Chiefs. Sure. Some things need to go their way. Sure. But it's football. That can happen. And I want to see that team again, even if it's an arrowhead, if it's in, you know, in Cleveland, I don't care. Yes, they have Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is always going to mean that they're a favorite over the Browns. But at the same time, the Browns are in that stratosphere. And if things go right, maybe the Browns pull an upset. Maybe, you know, the the best team doesn't always have to win uh, the Super Bowl. I think that that's happened before and can happen again. And the Browns are right in that conversation. So I'll end the podcast by saying, boy, do I want to play the Chiefs again. No, isn't it like Henry? I got that first taste of of like I said. Like, did you did you kind of get that feel? Like, this kind of felt like a playoff game to you. Did you feel that? A hundred percent. I thought you. Yeah. And and that was to the Browns, you know, credit in some respects where they dealt really well with some of the the swings. They were able to recover from the the chub fumble and go back and drive the ball down the field. But you also felt it hurt them when that Chiefs crowd was going nuts. And I know the Chiefs yeah. crowd brings it a lot in the same way that the Browns crowd does even for regular season games, but it did feel like another level from them where got to respect that out of the crowd at Arrowhead where it did feel like they also had an impact on this game commensurate with playing a home playoff game. 
Yeah, I do. I so I want them again, Henry, too. But here's the thing I don't want them at Arrowhead. I want them to come to Cleveland to go through what they have to go through at first energy stadium. Flip it over on them. We've had to play them twice at Arrowhead now. Let's kick it back over. Let's get that first round by. Let's welcome them to the first energy stadium in the middle of winter and see how they like it. I think it could be a different outcome with how close those two games were at Arrowhead, Henry. I really, I need to see it. Like we could play the chiefs every single game for the year. If we're going to get football games like this, but I I need to see them come to first energy, man. We got to find a way to make that happen. Well, if the Browns are going to make that happen, they obviously have to win more games than the chiefs. Now that they they won't have the head to head tiebreaker. And that starts with the Houston Texans next week, Jordan. So we will get, into that game and more you know we'll maybe have one more episode looking back at some of the things from this week before turning our eye to the texans who destroyed the jacksonville jaguars today yeah. despite not being considered uh, a, a great team and so the the browns don't want to overlook the texans by any means but that will definitely be a different caliber of game in, in terms of the browns expectations they will definitely be a big favorite for that one. So we'll get into all that and more. I will say this too, Jordan, another optimistic thing that I forgot to mention. The Browns may have lost, but I don't know if a single team today played better than the Browns did other than right. the Chiefs. The Bills played pretty sloppy today. The Steelers played pretty sloppy, even though they won today. I actually thought the Steelers looked bad, <laughs> even though they yeah, won. It, like, it did look bad. The, the Saints won by a lot, but because the Packers played terrible. The Texans won by a lot. A lot of that was because the Jaguars played terrible so uh this was was not only a a playoff atmosphere but i also thought just the pure level of play among the two teams they looked like they were in mid-season form where a lot of the rest of the nfl looked like it was week one so that that's another piece of optimism but i forgot to mention and real quick we got we have to say this before we sign off here's the thing that really hurts 18 in a row 18 week one losses in a row. I think they are now one and 21 in their last 22 um, week one games, Henry. And that's got to change sometime soon, man. I look, you didn't get any favors from the NFL with given, you know, the chiefs week one, but man, when are we going to see them start off one and zero? I'm so tired of having to start from behind every year. When is it going to happen? Is it going to happen next year? I don't know, man. It just seems like somehow this team can't win that first game of the year. I think a lot of it is they've had a bad team a lot of times. This is a tough break. This I know. Is a tough like, it's still, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hear you. I get that. I don't know. For me, the history stuff just, it doesn't do a lot for me just because I'm like, cool, this is a different team. Like they, again, had they played any other team, it's not like this team like showed up flat for week one, right? Like that, that didn't happen. It was just they happened to get scheduled against the best team in the NFL. So I don't know. The history stuff, I get it. The Browns have been bad for a while, but... I, I choose to ignore that and, and try to enjoy the current version of the Browns because we finally <laughs> got we finally got a good version here after after some down years. So, Jordan, we're not going to try to overreact too much. We're not going to try to be too pessimistic or optimistic. Plenty of football still to go, an extra week of football to go this year. So we got 17 weeks still of this regular season. Before we sign off, Browns fans, just going to say, what I always say after the podcast, because football is back. Go Browns.